Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of EMS Insight. I'm Tim Nowak, founder and CEO of Emergency Medical Solutions and uh, host of this podcast. I appreciate again for everyone who's a repeat uh, offender or return customer and listening in. Uh, for anyone that's new, uh, thanks for joining in as well. I uh, hope to keep and gain your attention and uh, just make this somewhat of an enjoyable podcast as we keep going with it. Uh, so this week, I wanted to talk about some of the tools of the trade, uh, not necessarily tools in specific or anything in particular, but just some of the generics that we deal with in, in EMS and some of the specifics that we prefer as providers, uh, as individuals. Uh, one that comes to mind would be like uh, you, could, you could get a room of 50 paramedics and get about 52 different opinions. Uh, based off of what type of laryngoscope to use and what their preference is for intubation. And uh, myself included, uh, I, I think that's a common one for any medic that has a little bit of their own you know, weapon of choice. Uh, for me, I, I personally use a 4MAC on everyone, uh, regardless of the age. That's just kind of my preference and what has worked. But uh, you know, what, what makes this interesting or what kind of sparked this thought for me was uh, a discussion online I had on LinkedIn uh, with my network related to intubation and uh, laryngoscope blades and the, the handles in more particular. It's it's interesting how in medic school we were always, or at least my class, we were kind of hounded and pounded into our head of you know using the little stubby handle or the short thin handle uh, for pediatric intubation. You know because you were using a size two blade or a size one blade. And as I really practiced and got to think about it, uh, I, I kind of questioned why. Why am I why am I using something that is isolated for just a pediatric patient that I'm not really comfortable using? And, and more importantly, I have, you know, grown up man hands, not itty bitty small hands. So why am I using a small nubby handle or a very thin handle just because the blade on the other end is small, which I eventually got away from anyway, why should I change what I do and the repetition and the comfort just because of what is perceived? And especially if there's no you know, actual deficit or negative effect to it. So one point of tools of the trade is to use what works for you. Uh, if you prefer something different, and it's, again, not a policy issue or a huge, you know, product issue or whatnot within your organization, use what works for you. And not only that, but know what your plan B is. If, if your go-to does not work or is not available, know what the other option is. And a good example, again, like that, like I said, was I prefer I use a 4Mac for everyone for intubation. If I don't have that available, I'm still comfortable using a Miller. I would use a 3 or, I, you know, if I had to change to a different blade size, I'm still comfortable doing that. So know what the plan B is if your original or preferred route doesn't work or isn't available. Even into the uh, the different tools that we have, I, I think that being organized, even to the extent of OCD-ish, is probably appropriate. Label the crap out of everything. Uh, identify where things are. Uh, kit or kitize everything. Uh, you should have a, a separate intubation kit a cricotherotomy kit or an advanced airway kit. 
or an RSI kit or a drip kit or a meconium aspirator kit. So whatever you use, especially if it's something that is a high acuity and low frequency event, kit eyes it as much as possible. Put step-by-step charting in there. Uh, identify the equipment that should be in there, your medications, you know, that kind of stuff too. So make things easily, clearly identifiable, visual, uh, standardized where they're placed and located so that regardless of which ambulance, which physical vehicle you jump into, it's in the same spot every single time and it looks exactly the same, it feels exactly the same. So know what you use, uh, know what your plan B is, organize that, and that improves your efficiency overall. Even along that lines too is, is referencing. Uh, memorizing everything you know, to an extent is, is very important, but at the same time you should be able to have some sort of a reference to lie back to. I think personally that, that paper is better. I'm not a fan of phone apps or tablet apps. Uh, a tablet isn't as bad, especially if you're kind of being the tough book medic and uh, you know doing your PCR live on the on the fly with a you know a tablet or a computer. That's not as bad. But I think that the perception of the patient could be kind of weird if you're sitting in front of them on your phone scrolling through on an app, even though it might be a very useful app that shows vital signs and drug dosages and calculations. The patient may not know that or the family may not know that while you're trying to resuscitate their child or look up burn charts or whatever it is. So when it comes to the higher acuity things, I I don't like phone apps for that reason. And that's a a personal bias. I prefer something tangible, physical paper in front of me. So using different reference apps, and that's one of the reasons why I created my Code Blue product line, is to identify or at least combat that hurdle and, and mitigate that. Uh, but, you know, if you don't want to buy something or can't find something that, uh, you know, specifically meets your needs as an agency, make it, design it. Uh, there's no reason that you shouldn't have every one of your medications listed out on a reference chart in the ambulance. So there's no question on what is my dose for this. Is it one milligram per kilogram or is it 1.5? Or am I supposed to give two milligrams for this and five milligrams for that? Or is it four milligrams? So things like that should be clearly identified, outlined, and, and made as simplified and idiot-proof as possible. So reference things out. And they should be short, sweet, and easy to find. If you've got to flip through 15 pages and a table of context to find it, then then no, that, that's just that's inefficient. I'm talking one page, half page, three by five cards, Something that is simplistic, and again, you can make this in-house, print it on cardstock, laminate it, it's color printed, and it costs you $0.37 cents to do it, and you can easily reproduce it, fix it, update it, modify it, or scrap it, no big deal. So I think that's a very important thing that really should be a staple and necessity in every ambulance. You should not have to question what is next in RSI uh, if you don't memorize it, you should be able to go directly to a reference chart, and that should be located right with your medications in your RSI kit, for example. So try to make things as simplified as possible, especially those high-acuity, low-frequency events. Try to eliminate thinking as much as you can and promote standardization, promote uh, just easy access to the information. So that's my two cents when it comes to some of the tools of the trade. 
Um, by all means, if you have any thoughts, any questions, feel free to let me know. Uh, you can email me at insight at emergencymedicalsolutionsllc.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, so go to linkedin.com slash in slash Tim Nowak EMS. Uh, you can subscribe to my publication, uh, the EMS Director, which uh, should be getting in the mail uh, today. So new subscribers, uh, current subscribers should be getting your uh, your, your updated issue uh, within the next few days. So I'm excited about that and about the next issue coming out, which is going to focus on the identity of EMS. So a lot that's happening on, on my end, and I really want to share with everyone that's willing to listen, willing to hear and this podcast is one avenue for it. So, uh, like on iTunes, like on whatever you know, uh, whatever uh, app or um, method that you get your podcast from. Spread the word, share the news, and uh, I'll see you next week. Stay safe. <laughs>